Today is Tuesday, July 20th. The title for our devotional is First and Second. As we concluded yesterday, the combination of these two commandments by Jesus was not only unique among Jewish rabbis, but it was incredibly profound. And we made note that the two must be held together. Yet, the command to love God with all of our being comes prior. In the words of Jesus, the Shema is, quote, the most important. So again, Mark 12, verse 29 to 31 says, And Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So whereas we emphasize that Jesus was only asked one and asked for one and he gave two, he still does seem to have an order to the two. The most important is to love God. And he goes through the Shema there and quotes that. So Jesus describes loving God as the most important and the command to love one's neighbor as second. So again, whereas we should be struck by the addition of the second, we must not lose sight of the order altogether. The Apostle John, he picks up on this idea and carries it forward by explaining it a little bit further in 1 John 4, 7 through 12. He writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Then he sums this up in 1 John 4:19, where he says, Simply, we love because he first loved us. John here is pointing us to a truth that is often overlooked in this discussion. If God is love, he must be our definition and our source of love. Put another way, it is only by knowing God's love for us, most notably in John's words here, in Jesus' incarnation and giving of his life and becoming the propitiation for our sins, that we can love others in the same way. Any other source or definition of love falls short of its true nature. Edwards, again, writes in his commentary on Mark, whoever does not find the source of love in God will fail to exhibit God's unique love to one's neighbor. Love of God is prior to love of neighbor and establishes its possibility. So to effectively love others, we must grasp the love of God and respond by loving him with all our whole, our whole being. As Paul writes in Ephesians 3, 17 through 18, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God is our example of love. The love that the Godhead has shared together for all eternity is perfect and unparalleled. This is the love that we are to aspire to, In John 17, in Jesus' farewell discourse, he says, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself 
may be in them. So it is absolutely paramount that we know God's love. We experience his love and respond in love to him with all of our being. Then through a greater understanding and experience of the love that God has for us and how we can love him, we can grow in love for others. It should also be noted, since this is a campaign on spiritual formation, that as we progress in loving God with more and more of our being, we, are, we become transformed into people who can love one another with the unique kind of love that God has for us. But to understand that unique love, again, we must know God and his love for us because God is love, as John says. So without the transformation of the believer through the Holy Spirit, this type of love would be completely impossible for us to attain. That is why love is listed first in Paul's famous fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. For additional content today, I've linked you to a song. That's, it's a YouTube song. It's Ever Be by Bethel. You can listen to it wherever you prefer to listen to your music on whatever uh, app or streaming source that you use. Um, but the beginning uh, verse of this song speaks of God's love for us and how God's love forms us. So I thought it would be perfect for our time today. Reflection time today. I think after you've listened to the song, just reflect on how God has loved you in Jesus from what John says in his epistle. Reflect on his incarnation, uh, demoting rescue mission that required the ultimate sacrifice. Reflect on his willingness to submit to the Father's will and endure the pain of the cross and the weight of the world's sin while we were still sinners. Reflect on the self-originating love of God's love, how his love is entirely just out of his own nature. And it's not because we're so lovely or that he has need of us that only we can meet. God's love originates solely in him. Praise him for his love, for who he is. The next move to how can we then love others with that same covenant faithfulness, with that same self-sacrificial love that Jesus demonstrated for us in his incarnation and the crucifixion. Think of his unfailing love that never fails and never ends. He's so faithful. Think of his never-ending kindness that God graciously gives to us. Then again, move to how can I demonstrate that same kind of love for the people around me?